Podcasting from our secret compound in Silicon Slopes, Utah, overlooking the entire Utah Tech Corridor, this is the Utah CTO Show. Bite-sized interviews with Utah's tech leaders where we dig into the growth of the Utah tech scene, the stories behind some of the greatest local successes, and the secrets to growing tech leadership in Utah. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Jenkins and Brett Flake. Hello and welcome. My name is Brett Flake. Welcome to the Utah CTO Show. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Jenkins. Hey, everybody. So we're just a pair of tech entrepreneur enthusiasts, and we're here to talk to tech entrepreneurs and get a better idea of what it takes to be successful. And hopefully this will inspire someone to start their new business or create an app. And we're here with Chris Hansen today, who is the CTO of PeopleKeep. And we're really excited to talk to him. PeopleKeep has a really exciting product uh, around benefits and healthcare industry. And so we'll just get right into it. Chris, how you doing? Hey, doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for being here, man. We really appreciate this. Yeah, I'm happy to talk tech and I like what you guys are doing here. So I want to be part of it. Yeah, this is fantastic. We actually just spent a few minutes just kind of chatting a little bit about what we do and what we're about before we started recording. And I think this is going to be really fun for us. I appreciate you being here. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Give us a quick overview of Chris Hansen and what you're doing today and maybe a little about PeopleKeep. Yeah, sure. I've been a technologist since about 2006, kind of started my career at Overstock, spent a good chunk of time there, about seven years. Aside from professional, I'm married, have a young child who's about to turn two, and so kind of learning parenting as I go. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, technology is my passion. I love working with technology and building things and building teams that build things is what I get jazzed up about. So yeah, after Overstock, went into Expert Voice and found my way to PeopleKeep and really happy with what we're doing there. What kind of problem is people keep solving? Basically, if you're a small business owner, um, and I mean very small business, essentially like fewer than 50 employees, you don't have that dedicated HR person that's going to go figure out what you should do for benefits. I mean, you know you want to compete with the bigger companies, but you don't necessarily know what your options are or what you should be doing based on your situation. So that's where we come in. And our core product is an alternative to group health insurance, which is a more of a reimbursement-based model. We call it personalized benefits because it's really the employee that gets to decide how the funds are used uh, with that reimbursement model. And so they can go out and buy health insurance and choose their own deductible, choose networks of providers that they want to have, and really get to tailor it to their family. And if they're on somebody else's coverage, if they're on their spouse's coverage, then they can use that for any out-of-pocket medical expenses. So they really get to have a lot more say instead of the model of, well, here's your health insurance, take it or leave it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I've worked for small companies where did not have benefits at all because they're just too small, right? It's just, you can't do it. And so to have a solution like that, I think that's really neat. Yeah. So our software keeps everything in compliance and we even have a team of people that will work with employees to make sure they get their reimbursements right and you know check all the boxes that the IRS requires and all that good stuff. And right now we're looking at what we can expand in order to help those small businesses even more. Like that's one good thing for them, but what else can we do to help small businesses attract and retain the talent? And that's yeah. the challenge in front of us right now, which is great. For PeopleKeep, you are the CTO, correct? That's correct. So what does that entail? What do you do for PeopleKeep? At the highest level, I'm responsible for the products that we put on the market and essentially delivering business value from the product development team. So in order to do that, I have a head of product on staff and a head of engineering and working closely with them on what products are we building for the market? Where do we go from here? Setting that vision and direction 
working with other executives. We have a CEO and a chief operating officer that I work with to kind of set that vision and wherever the company needs to go, put those milestones in place, and then work with the product development team to make sure we're delivering that business value and getting the business to where it needs to go at the highest level. That's what I do. I imagine that position has evolved over time as people keep us changed. Yeah, definitely. We have gone through a lot of change over the years and my role has evolved. When I was first brought on, building out a team from scratch and building out a product from scratch was my first challenge. So I really leaned on my professional network of people that I've worked with in the past and got in the people that I love to work with. And that's a common thread throughout what I've done at PeopleKeep. And one thing that I didn't value earlier in my career as much as I should have is that network that you build up with the people that you work with. That kind of transitioned into once we got that core product built out, after that it evolved into how do we get this product to a place where the people that use the product really love it and they're happy with everything, which you know at first they weren't, right? Yeah. So how do you solve those more UX problems? And now it's evolved to the point where I'm working really closely with product at looking at a high level, like what can we do? And like I described before, how can we help small businesses attract and retain their talent and building that out? So I started out early on writing a lot of code and that was less necessary as the team grew and as a product got a little bit more, I wouldn't say mature, but you know, it got out of its infancy a little bit. And now I'm jumping back into coding because we're going to be launching new products this year and it's super exciting and that's going to be a bottleneck for the company. So kind of filling in wherever the company needs me to go. And that even meant for last year, heading up our service teams. Oh, um, yeah. So you've been, you've been around, <laughs> yeah. around the block at the company to do it all. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes you kind of have to wear multiple hats. And well, in startups, I, I mean, I guess you'd consider it startup, right? So yeah, it would. Uh, like that's kind of the mentality there, right? <laughs> exactly. We do have a, a bit of a background. We were Zane Benefits before People Keep, but People Keep is very much a startup. We don't have everything figured out. We have this core product that's really great, but like, how do we take that to market is yeah. our challenge. And then looking past that, what else can we do for these small businesses? So at the Utah CTO show, we love talking to CTOs. So I think you fit the profile perfectly. You mentioned a little bit about how you're just continually learning new areas of the business and having to dive in in different areas. Is there a specific skill set that's like best for the CTO coming into starting up the startup? Like what's that most important skill of the CTO? That's a hard one to put a finger on. But one thing that I was kind of aware of going into it, but wasn't sure to what extent is context switching. You have to be able to have that high level strategy conversation and then jump into a conversation about user experience at a really low level. What should the user experience be and this new feature or whatever you're working on? And then maybe even jumping into writing code, which is super low level at times. Architectural conversations jumping up to a higher level of abstraction. But basically, you have a lot of plates that you need to keep spinning. And what I found in my career is it's best to not be on the critical path for a lot of the things that the team needs to get done, but to be that person that removes those bottlenecks. And in order to do that, you need to be context switching wherever you need it. Yeah, I'd especially imagine it sounds like you're jumping between uh, you know, a support role and back into programming and stuff. It seems like you've definitely got to learn to deal with probably your day being interrupted um, more than you'd like, but uh, still being able to get stuff done <laughs> despite that. Yeah, very much so. Very common. Yeah, yeah you need to both be proactive about how you, what your schedule looks like and where you're spending your time, but also be able to adjust on the fly and be flexible. Yeah. 
So I imagine that has a lot of implications on the culture, the type of people that you hire, because I imagine your subordinates also have to have a lot of ability to context switch to change what they do on the fly. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of what you sign up for when you're at a startup. But I would say culture is one thing that I really undervalued coming into this role, and I've really had my eyes open to that. I've seen people kind of struggle coming from a bigger enterprise background and trying to jump into a startup. And honestly, I had a lot of struggles early on adjusting to what was very different, high levels, uncertainty. You know, you don't know what the roadmap should look like for, let's say, even six plus months sometimes. So just dealing with high levels of uncertainty is something that you have to have the right mindset and personality for. And that is key to the culture is mindset and personality. And I've never worked at a company before PeopleKeep that I would say had valued culture as much as PeopleKeep does. Mm -hmm. And if I walked to an employee of one of my former employers and asked them, what are the core values, for example, I wouldn't expect that they would be able to repeat them or necessarily living them on a day-to-day basis. And that's something that we feel strongly about at PeopleKeep. How has that informed those values? What are some of those values, maybe? Yeah. At PeopleKeep, we consider ourselves world changers, truth seekers, and bucket fillers. And so you can see it kind of baked into the mission of the company. We're out there making a difference. We're helping these small businesses compete with the bigger companies, but also at the same time, actually making healthcare affordable for the small business employees. There are reasons why people want to work for a small business and maybe not necessarily want to work for the larger company. You know, they have a lot more say in how things are done. It's a lot of quality of life type things. So at the end of the day, we want to help them achieve that and not have to sacrifice as much in order to get that. So that's one thing. And then when we get into truth seekers, just being really transparent and asking a bunch of questions and being able to both take and receive feedback is really important to that. And then bucket fillers is maybe a little confusing. It's like, what does that mean? But (laughs) it's really just about having a positive mentality and filling other people's buckets rather than dipping into them um, and just being somebody who's fun to work with. Like a corporate culture, you can have people that just feel like they have to compete with their coworkers. Uh, I think that's kind of the opposite mentality, right? Is to help where you can and not feel the need to compete maybe. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. And I think org structure sometimes has a little bit to do with that competing against each other and that mindset. Curious that people keep, you know, what what is your org structure like? We don't have to look at the whole thing, but maybe even just engineering and product and the relationships that you built there. But what's the organization structure like? Is it traditional hierarchy? Do you do something more flat? How does it look? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. The team is small enough right now that we don't have to solve a lot of the problems of like, how do we scale it? But I feel really strongly that product UX and engineering should be working really closely. And so the leaders of those areas report up to me. We have a head of product, we have a head of engineering, and we have a very senior product designer. And I think that them plus me are really the core of setting that high level direction and making sure that we're executing what we need to execute. And then we have the engineering team reporting up through our head of engineering and we're actually about to add a junior designer to the team reporting up to the designer. But so pretty flat, but I'm kind of unsure where to go. I know this won't scale necessarily to a larger organization. So I'm kind of looking out there at what other orgs are doing. Pretty interested in what Chatbooks is doing, for example, where they have like a double matrix yeah. type of org structure where you have those cross-functional teams working mm-hmm. towards the same goal. And I think that's more in line with my vision of you really need those cross-functional roles working tightly together. Yeah, very much. 
So I think that's great. I think that also there's a lot of up and comers and a lot of people interested in getting in the startup scene or are in the middle of the startup scene. And this is kind of maybe the last question here that I have for you. But what valuable anecdote could you tell somebody that's an up and comer or advice that you have for them? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say the advice I have to people is invest more into professional networking because those relationships that you build throughout your career will outlast your relationship with your employer. And being able to draw from that over time has been something I had undervalued at first. And I also had undervalued the value you can get out of a mentor relationship. So I would say whatever you're looking in to advance your career, find a mentor, find someone who's kind of been there before and just have some conversations with them. You might actually find out that the path that you thought you wanted to go on is not what you wanted to do. For example, I came into People Keep thinking, hey, this is just going to be a platform for me to start my own company. And after being exposed to pretty early stage startup, I've really rethought that and rethought where my skill set would provide the most value in terms of a life cycle of a company. So all those things is you don't actually have to jump in and live it firsthand in order to get some perspective on that if right. you can find that mentorship. I love that. That's fantastic. Especially starting your first company, maybe you don't have the funds, maybe you haven't had the experience, maybe you're not quite sure where to get the funds or the experience. Finding it at another company, being a sort of intrapreneur, maybe some people call it right, you can kind of spend other people's money and learn those lessons and then maybe later on have a better perspective, whether that's actually doing it or maybe deciding, hey, I'm not actually interested in doing that because that's just too hard or it doesn't yeah. fit me. Yeah, absolutely. And I found that people are a lot more willing to talk about their experiences to be that mentor for you than what you would otherwise think. You yeah. just need to reach out to them, reach out to people who you know, who know the people that you want to get in touch with and make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Chris, we really appreciate you being here on the show. This has been a pleasure. Is there any way that our listeners can get a hold of you? Like, is there anything you'd like to say about your company or just kind of help them get to know the best way to contact you or get a hold of your company, learn more? Yeah, absolutely. If you know any small companies that maybe don't offer benefits or want to evaluate their options and be introduced to perhaps some options that they hadn't considered before, definitely send them to PeopleKeep. Our website, peoplekeep.com is the best place for that. And then, like I said, I have historically undervalued the value of a network and putting a lot more investment into that going forward. So definitely hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm looking to build out the network. We don't always have open positions to fill, but I am always open to just having some conversations. And if you are looking for a mentor and I can help out, I'm happy to help if I can. Awesome. So as always here at the Utah CTO Show, we want to help entrepreneurs, tech co-founders get out on that ledge and take those steps. We also are excited about engineers learning to become managers and really growing leadership in this community. So we appreciate all of you listening to us and are excited to have you here next time. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank Thanks, you, Chris. Chris.